This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right today? Well, that little greeting establishes the fact that this is again your good friend, Bob Cook. And I'm so grateful for the privilege of being with you for a little while by way of radio. The miles drop away, and we're in each other's presence together with our Lord. I like that, don't you? We're looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We've come down to verse 12. In 11, God sa- uh, he says, Now may God our Father direct our way unto you. He's still praying that he'll get to see them. There's no harm in wanting something as long as you submit it to God. Have you thought that through? Many people feel as though anything they want is 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 really not not right that God's big job is saying no to everything. No, just the opposite is true. The psalmist says, "Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart." There's no harm in wanting things or relationships or accomplishments if you submit them to God. Our Lord Jesus prayed, Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And you and I do well to share our wants with our Heavenly Father within the framework of absolute submission to His will. That takes all the sweat out of it. It takes all of the the tension out of it. Yes, you can be honest with God and say, Lord, I want this. But yes, you'll have perfect peace when you say, Lord, I don't want anything but your perfect will in the matter. You follow that? Oh, this goes so deep because sometimes it's a matter of needing someone with whom you can share your life. And sometimes it's a matter of having to do with the dollar sign and and the and the uh, acquisition of at least enough money to pay the bills. There's too much month at the end of the money. And you think and pray about that. And sometimes it has to do with job situations. And you want a promotion. You want to get on up in the corporate ladder. And sometimes it has to do with family situations. And you wish somehow, oh, how you wish that situations might be changed and that people might feel differently toward you and all the rest of the millions of things that make up everyday life and the feelings we have in relationship to them. And the only place of perfect peace, beloved, is to be absolutely honest with God about it as you pray. Tell him what you want. Philippians 4 says, In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests, everything that is, not some things, everything, let your requests be made known unto God, and as a result, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds like a garrison of soldiers, is the grammatical phrase there, will keep your hearts as though there was a garrison of soldiers placed around you. Oh, Perfect peace comes when you're absolutely honest with God about what you want, but you pray within the framework of absolute 
submission to the perfect will of God. It's a great truth, isn't it? Fasten it in your own heart and mind. Nail it down so that you don't lose it. And then use that perspective in dealing with the things and the relationships that you want in life. I was all review. That was kind of long, wasn't it? Verse 11. Now we come to verse 12 of chapter 3 of First Thessalonians. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To increase has the idea of, of growing and the uh, word abound has the idea of overflowing. Growing and overflowing, increase and abound in love. Now, there are two great uh, accomplishments for which Paul is praying on behalf of these people. Concerning himself, he prayed that he might get to see them. In verse 12, he's praying that they, that God's love, agape, Calvary, John 3.16 kind of love, that's the word that's used there, uh, that good, godly, Calvary, John 3.16 kind of love may increase, that's the idea of growing, and abound, that's the idea of spilling over in love toward one another, that's the that's the in the church family, and toward all men, that's the world around. Then the second objective is, to the end, that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Now, remember, every chapter of First Thessalonians speaks of the coming of Christ. In uh, chapter 2, it ended up, what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? And in chapter 1, he said, you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven. So you have references constantly here, every chapter, uh, for the second coming. In chapter 1, the personal transformation that comes to a person who makes the Lord Jesus Christ his Lord and Savior is that he has now as his as his perspective, as his outlook, his horizon involves uh, to serve the living God and to wait for his son from heaven. That's, that's chapter one. Then chapter two points out that the crowning reward for a believer's service is to see other people whom he has brought to Christ, to see them at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope and crown, joy and crown of rejoicing are, are ye. You people are my crown, said he, in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming. Then we have chapter 3. Establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you have increasing and spilling over love, and you have unblameable holiness as a, an establishment in your own life.
Well, now let's talk about that for a little while. The Lord make you to increase in love. How do you do that? Well, number one, you can't produce it by yourself. You can repent of those bitter things that stand in the way of the outpouring of God's love. There is the need for forgiveness. When ye stand praying, Jesus said to his disciples as recorded in Mark, when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any. For if you do not from your heart forgive those uh, uh, against whom you have aught, whatever he said there, I, I can't, I started to quote it and lost it, didn't I? If you don't from your hearts forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. That's the point he's making. The Lord's Prayer, as we call it, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them who trespass against us. So forgiveness is part of the, uh, of the uh, requirement. Now I've turned the pages of my big Bible over to Mark 11. When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. That's the passage that I was trying to quote, Mark eleven twenty-five. So uh, you can do that. You and I have the responsibility of facing our own, uh, uh, our own meanness and unforgiveness and bringing that to the cross and having it cleansed. I always remember in this connection something I read in a book by a, a West Coast writer who mentioned that she found it impossible to forgive her parents for some slight that she had suffered at their hands. And the years went by, and finally a trusted friend said to her as they were discussing the matter, she said, I can't forgive them. And so her friend said, Who lives in your heart? Well, Jesus, why don't you let him do the forgiving. And the, uh, the, the truth of the matter dawned upon her that uh, the Christ who dwells within us is able to do what we cannot do. And so you trust him to, uh, to bring about that forgiveness that you would not humanly be able to uh, achieve. Now the same thing is true then in this matter of divine love. Romans 5.5 5 says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given unto us. The Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell in the believer the moment you make the Lord Jesus Christ Lord of your life and trust him as your Savior. The blessed Holy Spirit then takes up residence in your life. And part of his work is to, is to just spill over into your life the, the Calvary love, the agape love, the John 3:16 love of God in your heart. Paul said, the love of Christ constraineth us. The, the, this, the spillover of divine love comes from the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 starts with that, doesn't it? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Then he mentions joy and peace and all the rest. So you start then at the cross. You bring those things that have stood between you and God and between you and people you bring them to him for forgiveness and cleansing. Unforgiveness is a sin. Bitterness is a sin. Hatred is a sin. John, the beloved apostle, likens it to murder. He, he that hates his brother said he is a murderer. That's pretty strong language, isn't it? 
All of these things, though they may be respectable in, in society, things that you can get away with, as we say, yet their sins, we bring them to the cross and let Jesus cleanse us from them. Then what? Oh, the Spirit of God, then unhindered by these matters that have stood in the way, then he pours out the love of Christ in our lives. Make you to increase, he said, in Calvary love. Now, this is not a static business, something we need to remember. Not a, a static business where you uh, you say, well, I, I went forward at such and such a meeting and I know that I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven and so on. Period. End of sentence. Oh, no. This is a process. Increase. More love today than you had yesterday. More of an outpouring of God's great love today than you had last week or last month or last year. The songwriter said so truly, more love to thee, O Christ, more love to thee. Increase in Calvary love for God and for people. Then he said abound, and that means the spillover. This is largely a result, not an effort. It's, it's akin to the reaction of the young man who's just fallen in love, why he just spills over with, with enthusiasm concerning his lady love. And so indeed in the case of you and of me, when our hearts are filled with the love of God, it'll spill out and people will know. Now we get at this again the next time we get together. Dear Father, today fill our lives with thy love and let it spill over to other people. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.